Hey, this is uh, Sean Patrick Hannafin, and it's been many, many, many months, almost a year, since the last episode, but it's finally time for uh, episode three of the Compose Pal. Uh, I recorded this, uh, for for these uh, next few episodes, it'll be uh, the, the piece that I'll be blathering way too much about is uh, The Forgotten Wish, which is the... Uh, first video I uploaded to YouTube, actually, I think, which was back in 2006 or something. Um, anyway, I uh, went over it with a uh, co-host, as you'll hear when the episode officially begins, with a co-host, and uh, we recorded it uh, near the, uh, I guess it was near the beginning of August, so it's it's taken me way too long to edit it and, and uh, put it up. Um, I'm going to be doing these the last two I did in uh, hour intervals. They were each an hour, the last two episodes. Um, but these I'm going to try to shorten to uh, half-hour episodes. So the next three or four will be uh, half-hour shows going over the Forgotten Wish. And uh, the reason I'm shortening it is because, first of all, it's easy. <laughs> it's just easier for me that, you know, less work for me to do in one sitting. And that's always <laughs> important to me. And... Um, but also it'll help to uh, spread it out so you won't have to, hopefully, you won't have to wait as long for the next episode because, you know, I've, I've already got the entire conversation recorded, so, you know, it, it'll spread out more. Does that make sense? Maybe. Hopefully. Um, if you'd rather the episodes be longer and they all be an hour, just, just uh, make a comment, and I'll never do it again, I guess, if you really really don't want half hour uh, uh shows but I, I i don't know i think the standard length of most podcasts that i uh, listen to are right around half an hour so i'm thinking it might be more convenient maybe 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 not i don't know but i'm gonna let's you know give it a try uh so the next few episodes will be half hour episodes going over the forgotten wish um so in the uh so in the uh, first part here, the part one of the Forgotten Wish that you're about to hear, um, the co-host and I uh, talk about, uh, we first talk about uh, music software, and then we s- we just start on the piece, so that we actually don't get very far into the piece before, you know, suddenly half an hour is already over. Uh, but hopefully there's still some uh, interesting information in there. So many, 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 many thanks to the uh, co-host, who you will hear coming right up. So here's the episode of episode three of the Compose Pile. Thanks for listening. Lord, make me a great composer. Your work is ingenious. It's quality work. And there are simply too many notes. That's all. Just cut a few and it'll be perfect. Make me famous through the world, dear God. Make me immortal. I never knew that music like that was possible. I was staring through the cage of those ridiculous ink strokes at an absolute beauty. Hello and welcome to another 
finally another edition of the Compose Pile podcast. I am the host, Sean Patrick Hannafin, and today we have a co-host uh, who's joining me, so you won't have to listen to just me blather on and on and on, and that is Daniel J. Bayat. Wow, you got my last name right. Oh, yes. <laughs> I win. Awesome. You do win. But you finally got it right. Yeah. Yep, I had no idea how to pronounce that at first. <laughs> he wouldn't tell Okay, me. so... <laughs> yes, I... I do know now. Um, let's see. And he's on YouTube.com slash Nano240? Yeah. Plugging your that's, YouTube. That's one thing. One and, place you can find me. And then what's the website? Uh... My website is completely. My main website is completely outdated, so I suggest you go to my MySpace, MySpace.com/slash/DanielComposer. Really easy to remember. Awesome, and he's a lot smarter than me, probably. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that, but <laughs> I don't know. Well, okay. Um, and so the piece for today, hopefully, is the Forgotten Wish. Yes, Which, one of my favorite songs. And I I composed it, but I know less about it now, so. <laughs> I probably know more about the piece than he does, the so composer I'm himself. Gonna, I'm going to seem really dumb today. But I kind of know all the techniques in use, you use, <laughs> so I'll try to... I was, I was going back over it in preparation for this podcast... I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> so it'll be a very interesting podcast today. Very, very interesting, um, yes. And I guess, oh, I should start the timer for an hour, and we'll see how fast we get there. <laughs> <laughs> but what if we don't reach an hour? Oh, no. I don't Cause know. Because it's, it's one of your short pieces. Yeah, so we'll probably finish it. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, yeah, because in their last one, like two episodes... Okay. Yeah, but if not, we can always go on to another piece. Cause we can? Pieces. What piece? Oh, never mind. Okay. I have no idea. <laughs> okay, what? Yeah, we're hoping to get into, you know, instrument use and limitations, software, whole bunch of techniques using the song, piece, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, if I don't get into any of them, or we don't get into any of them, it's because uh, we forgot. <laughs> Okay, so I guess so. we could start off with software, because that's something a lot of people always ask about, is what music software to get? Yeah, I see all your comments. Uh, there's a lot of software out there you got to pay for. There's two types of software. There's notation, um, notation programs, so you have to... Um, you enter the notes on a score, and there's a playback option, which you can later record and... That's how Sean and I make our MPs. You know, yep. um, it's yeah. Then there's the sequence seeker, which is you can you have your com keyboard connected to your computer and everything set up, and yeah, you record different tracks. Uh, it's all about personal preference. You choose the sequencer if you're that kind of composer that or songwriter that pretty much. You create the 
chord progression, the basis of the song, maybe on your guitar, your piano, you do just, you know, maybe singing. I don't know. This is a composing podcast. I shouldn't get into that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you create just like the regular, maybe piano, and then you build on it with different tracks. Yeah, That's usually... Yeah. I haven't used uh, sequencers too much myself, but from the looks of it, I'm guessing it looks more like instead of using notes, you're using like a piano roll. And I think one of the main reasons uh, people sort of, use, yeah. yeah, with like it's like a graph with little squares and stuff of and that's a part bars. Of it, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, and so I think the the advantage of using a sequencer is that you usually have more MIDI control over. Uh, what you're doing. So if you're doing music like we're doing, where it's um very MIDI based, you know, the plan isn't to, or at least when I'm composing music, the plan isn't to print it out and show other musicians how to play it. It's to get the music out of, yeah. <laughs> it's to get the sounds <laughs> out of it. So yeah, when you're with a sequencer, um, yeah, you have a you have a lot, you have a great control over the uh, MIDI. Yeah, and it comes out a heck of a lot more realistic. I mean, it's more of a human playback. There's a better feel to it. When you're using notation, a disadvantage that it sounds really, really quantized. Yeah. So, you know, there's some notation programs have the feature of human playback where it kind of shifts all the notes a little bit to make it sound a bit more human. But it still isn't the same as a sequencer. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so that's it. I haven't... I. I can't. I'm not really an expert on sequencers and stuff. Um, so you'll have to Google sequencer and find a better source, because the only thing that I'm really um, used to is Overture, and the reason I like Overture is because it's a um, it's notation, so I can see the notes and stuff. But it also Overture Four at least has a lot of MIDI control. You can do it, so that's why that's why I like that. It's probably the most sequencer like. Um, sequencer like notation software out there so you can yeah. edit a lot of the midi as you're as you're composing in notation yeah it all depends on personal preference if you're one of those composers that like to build that kind of stuff on a beat on a bass then basis you know bass b-a-s-e whatever <laughs> um <laughs> it, um if you're one of those composers that like does the like full orchestration as you go kind of thing and you like to edit a lot and you know you go back and revise it's it's a lot easier to work with the notation program you know it's, um yeah so one thing overture 4 isn't very good at is a nice neat printout score and it might be mm. just because i myself am really bad at that stuff because i don't have as much experience doing that kind of stuff but from what I've seen from just looking at the outputs from the other notation, basically for notation you have Overture, Sibelius, and uh, Finale. And so looking at the output, the printout score from Finale and Sibelius, they both look a lot better than anything I've seen from Overture 4. So it might be because of the users, but I'm sure it also has to do with the software and the intention yeah. that the software is created for. Yeah, and... Overture seems to have a lot more MIDI control than Sibelius and Finale, which I have experience with. I'm currently I use Sibelius, the full full version, which was like five hundred dollars, and 
yeah, it's really good with creating actual notation, which was the intent of most notation programs. So, you know, it's actually usually used to actually notate, but we use it just for playback. Yeah, I don't know what the creators of Overture were actually aiming for, but what th I think they've created kind of a kind of a um an area a niche, I guess you could say, for composers who want to use notation but want more MIDI editing power and don't particularly care as much about a nice neat printout score. Yeah, it's um yeah, notation is my preferable way of writing. I've never really worked with sequencers. I have a couple times, but not really. <laughs> yep. It's not for me. And soft this software Nate brands it themselves it all depends on personal preference. Like, Sean prefers Overture, I prefer Sibelius. Uh, some friends of mine prefer Finale. I suggest that you go on the websites, which we might post on the post pile oh, below yeah. the thingy sure. later. For to get, you know, just try out the demos and see which you like the best. You can do that with sequencers too if you decide to you do a sequencer. Um, like, some good ones are Cubase. You can Google that or whatever. Might put it on the site. Um, and Cakewalk Sonar, that's another favorite. Mm -hmm. Pro Tools is another one. There's um, a whole bunch. Is that, what's Those are like performer, the favorites, though. That... Yeah, I think that's one. Yeah, that's all I know. I don't really know anything <laughs> about sequencers. But there are a lot of people who use them. And a lot of people also will um, use a notation to actually input the music because that's what they're used to and they know how to do notation and then they'll export a MIDI file and then load it into a sequencer to actually do all the MIDI editing. Yeah, a lot of people actually pair up the notation in the sequencer. You know, you can use one or the other, you can use both. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and it's all about get if you know you buy one and then you get used to it and you get used to using it and you learn all the tricks and stuff and you get comfortable with it basically. Okay, and for those beginning composers out there, and or those with a really, really low budget, there's a free one that I started with. It's Finale Notepad. We'll give the link with that, too. Um, it's uh, completely free. It's I think it's the best free one out there. It's really limited. I mean, you can't do pizzicato strings. You can't have more than eight staffs. But it's really good to start with. And then once you get into full orchestral composing and... Well, if you ever get into that, then you can. Um, you should. If you get, if it's like your complete <laughs> passion, like it became my complete passion, I suggest getting one of those, saving up for one of those full-blown finale or Sibelius or overture. But um, or if you just like composing as a hobby and you want to be less limited, then you know you just upgrade to one of those smaller finales like Finale Print Music or. Or another Whatever. good free one, the a free one that I used to do all my uh, early midis before I got GPO is. A very sequencer-like one. It's from Microsoft called a DirectX. No, Direct Music Wait, Producer. Microsoft has one, huh? Yeah, it's Direct yeah, no, Music no. Producer. It, it's it's kind of intended as I think it's kind of intended to gear toward uh, people who are composing music for uh, computer games. It's not oh. used anymore because it's kind of been replaced by everybody using samples and stuff. But it's still good for MIDI sequencer sequencer-like kind of MIDI editing and, you know, it's pretty powerful for a free tool, so that's what I used for all my early MIDI's, so that's a 
a good one if if you if you don't want to pay for anything and you want to write midis. And another thing that we should get into is um, sound libraries too. So. Yes, you you should just buy Garrick and Personal Orchestra, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like 200 bucks. If you get it bundled with Sibelius or Vanilla, it can be like 150. A sound library is basically those realistic sounds um, that come out. You know, you've heard Sean's pieces, most likely. <laughs> if not, what's the matter with you? Get off. What's the matter with you? You don't know what you're missing. I'm going to whack you if you haven't heard any of this stuff. Pause the podcast right now and... Cover many. Go punish yourself and then go back to my main website. <laughs> there we go. That works. Um, yeah, but yeah, so if you if you don't have any money and you're just doing free stuff, then you're probably still using all the MIDI, MIDI stuff. I think there are probably some free sound fonts out there that you could use, but I know even oh, yeah, less about are. that stuff. Yeah, me neither. I don't really know. <laughs> Finale. The sounds that come with like the finale libraries are they're okay, but they're not the top quality or anything. So, uh, sound library, yeah, the things that make realistic. I said that. It um, basically, the sound library company samples every note of every instrument, and then in your program in Play It Black, it assembles it. And does some to whatever you've to written it to make it sound. I don't know what all the programming they do to it, but they have to do some yeah. programming. So when you release a note, it doesn't just sound like it stops abruptly, but that, you know, kind of sounds realistic. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not so realistic that it's going to replace real orchestras anytime soon, but it's you know that's what we're all using here on the Compose Pal, so you should probably use one too. <laughs> yeah, Garrett's personal orchestra is really really top quality and it's cheaper than most full orchestral sound libraries it has like pretty much all the main orchestral instruments so it's yeah, completely it's worth your money extremely usable too especially with all the software we've been mentioning you can it's you know you can load up an instrument and yeah, do the MIDI amazing. editing to it to uh, instead of having to load different instruments for different dynamics and stuff yeah, and those work well, with both, both notation and sequencers, too, so... Even then... Well, see, I haven't really used any other kind of sampling software because so much of them are just way overpriced. Oh, yeah. I've bought... The, the, the target audience for so. a lot of... The target audience for a lot of the sample libraries is, you know, big TV producers and people who have thousands and thousands of dollars to spend. <laughs> so they... I, I saved up. I was able to buy it, and I don't really have that much money, so... Oh, what'd you buy? Huh? Oh, my sound libraries and Garrett and Sibelius and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's this stuff is nice and cheaper, I guess. Not okay. cheaper in quality, but cheaper in price. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay, we should move on from software. I think we've done enough. Um... I don't, should we get started with the song? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Okay, let's see. The Forgotten Wish. This is a... Uh, oh, man, I can't even remember when I composed it. I guess it was over a year <laughs> ago. It I think it, I, was it 06? It might have been 06. Yeah, probably. I think it was one of the... Yeah, because it, well, yeah, it was one of the first pieces I put on YouTube, I think. I, th I think it was the first music oh, I put huh. on YouTube. 
Cool. Um, and I might have even composed it as as a piece to try to put on YouTube. I <laughs> remember. Yeah, I think so. I have no idea. Um, right, I wrote it... <laughs> hmm? Wait, you go. Oh, I wrote it uh, really... I think I wrote it pretty quickly. I think I had it written in like seven or eight hours. So, it, and it's um, not my typical kind of piece because in a lot of my pieces, my most a lot of my pieces are just melody with chordal accompaniment and then orchestration and all that stuff. But in uh, this piece, it's more uh, textural, I guess you could say. There's no, there's not such a main melody as there is just kind of little melodic motifs and then the harmony changes and. That's pretty much so. It's a very experimental piece. I was I wasn't really uh, aiming for what I what I usually aim for. I was I was just being experimental and just trying new things. It's really cool. It's one of your best pieces, in my opinion. Oh, thank you. I have to. I've tried on on several occasions to to be experimental and try new to do pieces kind of like the Forgotten Wish and so far they've all completely failed. So <laughs> it's it's really great when something like this works and it's not your average style, but it's, it's but a, it doesn't yeah. sound really bad. It's a really small orchestration. I mean, um instrumentation too. Yeah. It's not that yeah. yeah, which is I think I'm sure what I was aiming for too cuz I don't think I fool. It's what composing is all about, making it sound fool. I think. I don't know. Cool. All right, let's start the piece. <laughs> okay, let's see. Let me zoom in here. We start out with uh, a doubling, and I don't think I had ever done this doubling before. I'm sure it's it's probably been done in orchestras before. Um, actually, it might have even been done in uh, the Harry Potter theme with a harp and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Celesta basically doubling each other, and it's playing arpeggios. Great uh, double. I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and play the uh, first, I guess, eight bars here, just so you can hear it. And they're just uh, playing arpeggios and doubling. Sounds like this. think that is just so beautiful I could probably end the piece right there and it would probably be just as good of a piece <laughs> I decided to keep going uh, so, let, so let's see this is in uh, what key is this in E minor I think Cause it's it changes keys like 50 times I think it has a <laughs> yeah. specific key yeah it, does, I, yeah it changes way too much so I have no idea what I was doing but I think it starts out in sort of an E minor and then it's going between uh, two chords there. <laughs> Whatever. Two minor chords. The E minor and some other chord. Well, we ran out of time. We'll have to do the next later. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, let's see. So what happens next? Oh, okay. And then, so it's playing the um, harp and celesta. Do you pronounce it celesta or celesta? I pronounce it celesta. What was that? Celesta? Celesta. Okay. Like C-H-C-H. Okay, let's go with that. That sounds better. It does sound better. 
I think. Well, it's because yeah, it sounds like Kello, because that's how you pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And I will pretty much shoot anyone that says Kello. <laughs> Kello. Or Cello. Cello? Cello? Yeah. Jello, maybe? I'll, I'll shoot anyone who says that. No, I won't, <laughs> but I'll be tempted. I don't think I've ever heard Calesta before. I've heard Celesta yeah. and Celesta, but not Calesta. That would... It's weird. That would be funny. That would be funny. Okay, so then we have uh, pizzicato strings. We have the violas, the cellos, and the double basses. Oops, I mean cellos. Uh, let's see. But, oh. <laughs> so I must take double bass for, for cellos once, and then I resisted the... I fell over, literally. What? I fell over, literally. Someone was like, oh, look at those cellos. Double bass, I mean. And then I, like, fell over. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I fell over. But with okay, <laughs> it's double bass. Double bass. Okay, so let's see. We have, we have uh, so pizzicato, pizzicato. Pizzicato, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's see the pizzicato in uh, oh, in the double bass, it's doing uh, stuff that I do a lot. It's going on the upbeat and the downbeat. I think that's what you call it, right? Yeah. Here, let me play a solo of just the double bass pizzicato, so you can hear. Okay, that sounds really good. Um, and does. I do that a lot, and actually a lot of composers do that all the time. Um, but I just discovered that in like one of my midis. Of, of, it was, I mean, it was a long time ago, but back before I was just uh, trying to compose music. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, oh yeah, so that's the technique of the upbeat and the downbeat, but the beat on the... Right, right in that measured change, so boom, 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 or you know whatever notes you want to do. Okay, I don't know if that's informative or not, but I think that's informative. <laughs> I think I don't know. So yeah, okay. Everyone, everyone <laughs> should try it. Go out, go out and get to your piece there, and and try doing some stuff on the upbeat and the downbeat. Some boom, 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 or boom, boom. boom. Oh, I cracked. Boom, boom, <laughs> <laughs> boom, 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 yeah, boom. Whatever and, you want. Yeah. I do it with the timpani too. It sounds really good with the timpani. Timpani. But I don't think I have any timpani in this piece. Oh, I don't know. I'll have to look. Later. No, you don't. Um, you don't have a timpani. Oh, good. Or bad. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I should add one. But it's too late now. No. Um, too late. And then, so then let's. <laughs> so then, I've also got. Uh, so double bass is doing that. Then if we add in the uh, cellos and violas, they are doubling each other, uh, like an octave apart, I think. Or something, I have no idea. No, uh, they're not an octave apart, I don't think. <laughs> I, oh, what are they apart? Oh, well. They're just doubling, I think. They're something apart. Maybe thirds. No, they're not. Okay, let's just hear. Right. <laughs> Wait, I'm going to figure it out here. I shouldn't be arguing about a song that you composed. Oh, no, they're just. Know. Oh, yeah, they're just in unison, <laughs> aren't they? Yeah. Okay, that's the word. How do I know that and you don't? You're no, the composer. So wait. So, are, That's so sad. Let me see. <laughs> yeah, they're exactly the same. Yeah, exactly. Wow, see, I'm really stupid. <sighs> <laughs> no, you just don't remember. All right, no, all right, let's so, let's play um, them. I feel so really dumb now. 
Okay, so they sound like this, and they're playing in unison, which is almost an octave, except not. <laughs> kind of like eight notes away from an octave. <laughs> but, you know, it has the same kind of harmonic thing as an octave, because it's the same note. <laughs> Maybe? Okay, whatever. Here we go. Let's see. So this is what they sound like with the Link. double basses. see and if we go ahead and add in the harp and celesta sounds like this all together uh, and doesn't it sound amazing yes it does I love it Sounds ingenious. <laughs> I think the um, because the harp and the celesta have are very um, what's the word? Cool. <laughs> They're very <laughs> harmonic. I don't know what. Like if you play a note from the harp. They're very. They kind of. They really. Blend. Yeah, they yeah they blend really well. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. The pizzica because they're both they're very they're both plucky. I guess you could say, they're both plucky yeah. instruments. The pizzicato and the harp and the, so they're both. They both you know they're plucky, but then they like reverberate, so that helps them to blend really well. I guess. Cool. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know what. I'm trying to. What would be an instrument oh. that isn't plucky? I don't know. Like if I was doing oh, staccato, yeah, a staccato woodwind, maybe, like a staccato flute or the staccato piccolo. It it wouldn't uh, blend as well. It'll blend, but not as well. <laughs> okay, I don't know. Is that oh okay? So uh, yeah, I guess I guess that's right because when the uh, so what's the first woodwind I have come in? Uh, so after it establishes the I think harmony, it's an English horn. Right, the English horn, and it's not playing staccato; it's playing a uh, legato. I guess English I horn beats oboe. Well, no, hands down, maybe hands down. So, so, it depends <laughs> on what you want. No offense to you, oboists. Well, in my opinion, I well, I like it better. <laughs> That's blasphemy for the oboists. I'm sorry, but it's my opinion. It's okay. a free country, <laughs> right? Okay. I I this <laughs> I I love oboes though, so I think and the English horn and the oboe are very much alike anyway. They're just a little different. Like one's English and the others. I don't know what nationality is the oboe. I don't know. Don't say. I don't know. I guess French. No, not French. Italian. <laughs> I don't know. And that is part one of the Forgotten Wish. Stay tuned. Uh, hopefully next week will be, hopefully sometime next week or the week after that. Hopefully next week. <laughs> Shouldn't be that hard. I have to 
stop procrastinating um so hopefully next week episode not episode episode four part two uh many thanks again to the co-host daniel and see you soon hopefully <laughs>